Now, I know in this room and online, McDowell, you love learning Greek words, don't you? Don't you love Greek? Okay, so you can use this on Thanksgiving too. So I'm going to teach you a Greek word today. Many of you have heard it before, uh, especially some of you who have a Catholic background or maybe a more liturgical background. Do you know the word Eucharist? Anyone know the word Eucharist? Can you say Eucharist? Very good. Eucharist. You've learned a good Greek word today. Eucharist, which means good gift or good grace. And when we talk about the Eucharist, what do we normally talk about? Communion. Yeah, the Lord's table, the Lord's supper, coming together to remember his body which was broken and blood which was poured out for all people, for, for the sins of mankind. And, and, um, and when we talk about Eucharist, that's normally what we, what we talk about. Eucharist, this word in Greek, actually comes from that night that Jesus had gathered with his disciples, and it literally says that he gave thanks for the bread and the wine. Do you remember that in the scripture? We'll, I'll, I'll put it up here in just a second. But that word is, is Eucharist, like that giving thanks is Eucharist. And we wanted to, uh, today, as we approach Thanksgiving, we wanted to give thanks to God for the good gift of Jesus, the grace that he's given us through Jesus. And that's what communion is. So we're going to celebrate communion together. We're going to take communion together as a community. And so online, uh, we'd love for you to be a part of this as well. If you, you can hit pause and go get some elements here in just a couple minutes. Um, in the room, we're going to sing a little bit of a song. And uh, as we sing that song, we're going to be standing. So if you didn't get the elements when you came in, if you, if you didn't see the little cups, you can slip back and grab them during the first part of the, the song. And then we're going to take communion together. Now, um, we practice open communion here, which means you don't need to be a member of this church. Like if you're following Jesus, you can take communion here. You don't, like I said, you don't have to be a member of this church. And when we take communion, it's a sacred moment. It's a sacred moment because it's a reminder of the unbelievable, unfailing love of our Heavenly Father for each one of us. It's a moment where Paul tells us in one of his letters to the early churches, he says, you know, when you take communion, take a moment to be introspective. Because when you take communion, you're proclaiming the Lord's death. You're proclaiming Christ in your own life. And so when you hold those elements and you think about what Christ gave up, you know, you, you give thanks for that and you also make a commitment to follow Jesus and the ways of Jesus in your life going forward. So the scripture tells us as they were eating dinner, Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks for it. And he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, take this and eat. This is my body broken for you. And then in the same way, after dinner, he took this cup of wine and he gave thanks to God for it, the good gift. And he said, this is, is my blood, which is poured out for the sins of many. So take this, each of you, and drink it. So this morning, we are going to take the bread, be reminded of his body broken, and we're going to take the cup be reminded of his blood, which was poured out for the forgiveness of sin. So Father God, in these moments, we turn back and we remember, we remember Jesus. 
We remember his unfailing love, his commitment, his humility as he walked the path to the cross. We remember that he was nailed to that cross. His body was broken. We remember that blood poured from the wounds in his hands and his feet, from the crown of thorns on his head, from the beating that he took, blood poured from his body. And this blood covers us today, it covers our sin. We remember the gift that was Jesus and uh, we proclaim Jesus in the ways that we live, in the, the paths that we walk. So God, in these moments, we, we pray that our words, our thoughts, just the act, the simple act of remembering would be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name. Would you stand? And if you need to slip back, feel free to do that. Just the next couple moments. I've been saying this each week, the last few weeks, and trying to invite you to say it with me, God is good. God is good. Isn't he? Isn't God good? And coming out of moments like that, it's just this, this reminder that even when we don't see it or feel it or sense it in the present, that God's goodness in the past, his faithfulness in the past uh, is a reminder that he will be faithful no matter what the future holds. And aren't you thankful for that? Because of that, God is good. Like his faithfulness, his, his truth, the promises that he's given us in the past, so the same, it's the same God who will be faithful into the future with each one of us. Thanksgiving week. Can you believe it's Thanksgiving week? What a year. Are you so thankful it's Thanksgiving week? Man, I, I love this season. It's one of my favorite seasons. And I usually joke with you and tell you Robin starts singing Christmas music in July. Um, it's not really that early. I, I pick on her a little bit, but she just loves Christmas music and it's playing all the time. The other day, my youngest, Charlie, um, no kidding, he was listening to Christmas music out of the blue, like on his little Alexa thing in his room. Like I heard him singing Christmas songs back there. And then I was out with uh, my middle son, uh, Calvin, and one of his friends, Trey, and we were out uh, doing some things, and I heard Trey listening to Christmas music on his phone, like out loud, and he's singing Christmas music, like Frosty the Snowman, and I'm like, what is going on in 2020? It's a crazy year. Christmas music everywhere. And then, this is so unlike me, we put up Christmas in our house yesterday. And here's the deal. Some of you are excited about that. Some of you um, won't, won't come back because of that. Like, you'll quit coming to church. You're like, I can't go to a church where the pastor puts up Christmas before Thanksgiving. That's just a week. And um, here's the deal. We just need a little more Christmas this year. Right? We need a little bit more joy. We, we need a little bit more time to give thanks and to turn our hearts and our minds in the right direction this year. And so what I want to do this morning just for a short time, it's funny because every now and then I'm like, you know, I'm gonna, it's going to be a little bit shorter sermon, message, devotional today. And um, 
what you don't see like pre-service when we kind of go through everything with our production team and everything, our, our production director, Steven, who's awesome, he's incredible, he's, he's backstage right now and he's like, what's Matt gonna say right now? Um, I, I said, you know, that we're gonna kind of have a little bit shorter time and, and, and as he was going through run through, he was like probably 25 minutes is what he means when he says a little bit shorter. And uh, it's not, we're gonna, a little bit shorter. And what I wanted to start with is I wanted to start by just saying thank you to you all, to this community. Uh, because in this crazy season of being pulled and isolated, it's, I've loved seeing how we've continued just to connect in difficult ways, but we still tried to connect. And some of you have gone out of your way to, you've given, some of you have given generously because you know it's been a little bit more difficult in some things. And so, I mean, it's just, I love this church and I love you. And then last week, our kind of our first serve week, and we had no idea how it would turn out because it's crazy, 2020, and we had no idea how serve week would turn out, and you know, we, want, we want everyone to be involved, but we know everyone can't be involved. And then, we, 20 projects, we had 218 of you who said, I'm gonna do something on that one, like 218 on that little short time span got together to serve other people. And I wanted you just to get a glimpse of some of the projects that we did. And Stephen put this together, great little video. So here's Serve Week 2020, just a little picture. So thank you, McDowell, for jumping in and being a part of it. And um, on top of that, uh, on top of those 218 that were a part of that, we've had over 300 pick up the tags to provide those Christmas gifts. Thank you for that. Thank you for jumping in. And here's the deal. It's easy to talk about the change the world needs it's much more difficult and more important to be the change that you want to see in the world around you, right? That, that's the call of, of, of Christ, is to be the change that you want to see. If you want to, if you want to see a light, to be the light in the world. If you want to see forgiveness, to, to be forgiveness. If you want to see grace, to be grace. And that is what it means to be a church, a community following Jesus, learning to love, is to be committed to the things that bring about change in our communities all around us. And that's what we want to be as a church. Now, here's the deal. 
the, uh, you, you might ask, why do we do all of those things? I mean, there's some good little things that happen, but there's a, a huge difference betr- between training to do something and trying to do something. Now, go with me here. There's a huge difference between training to do something and trying to do something. We've talked about this a lot here. Um, it's, it's the difference in waking up one day and saying, I'm, I want to run a marathon. I'm going to try next weekend to run a marathon. Or waking up one day and say, I want to run a marathon, and next year there's a marathon, and so I'm going to train so that in 52 weeks I can run a marathon. Do you see the difference? Now, some of you can just naturally get up and go run a marathon, and the rest of us hate you. But most of us can't just try to run a marathon and and get through a marathon running the whole time. It's just not possible. We have to train to do it. And the same thing is true when it comes to the spiritual life, when it comes to spiritual formation. Uh, oftentimes we think, we, we hear something about patience or kindness or forgiveness or goodness or whatever it is, and we say, I'm going to try harder this week to do that. And the, the problem is, we can try as hard as we want, but if we don't train to become that kind of people, we will never become that kind of person. It just won't come out of us in that way. And... I struggle with this. I think all of us struggle with this. We try hard to do something and we just can't do it. Um, Spiritual transformation, spiritual formation is not just about trying harder, but training wisely. And this is why we do Serve Week. It's, It's why we have the opportunities we have to jump in is because we're training to become a certain kind of person. And it's in training, not just trying, it's in training that the Holy Spirit begins to come, on, come into us to take over and form us into the people that he wants us to be. So, I want to end today uh, with a, a passage of scripture that Paul writes to a young church. It's one of my favorite letters in the New Testament. Uh, it's called Colossians. And in Colossians chapter 3, Paul kind of gives this, this call to this group of Christians, and I want to give this call to us. It's, it's, it's to me, and it's to us, McDowell, as we enter into this last little season of the year. So Thanksgiving week through the end of the year, what would God have us to do? So here's what Paul writes. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves. Now, Man, there's so much goodness that I could, but I told Stephen it would be a little bit shorter, so I'm not going to go into all of it. But listen, God chose you. How awesome is that? The God of the universe. Like, he, he chose you to be the holy people that he loves. And some of you are like, well, I'm not holy. Yes, you are. In God's eyes, you're holy because you're set apart. You're uncommon. You, you're called out for a certain purpose. That's what holy means. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, You must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness, with patience. Now, quick question. How many of you clothed yourselves this morning? We thank you for that. How many of you are wearing something different today than you wore on Friday? Anybody wearing something different today than you wore on Friday? Some of you are like quick to say, I am, yes, you know, and we thank you for that. 
I think Paul uses this language, clothe yourselves, because it's, a, it's an ongoing thing. It's not just trying harder, it's training. Like it's clothing yourself on a daily basis because most of these things don't happen naturally. Most of us aren't just naturally tender-hearted in our mercy towards others. Most of us just naturally aren't humble or, or gentle. If you're like me, you're just not naturally patient. Especially when, no, I won't go to Shay. Um, these aren't natural things. They're things that we have to, to put on each and every day. You clothe yourself every single day. And all of us have different ways of doing this. I, uh, yesterday, I uh, FaceTimed my oldest who's in college. And like when the screen popped up, I could quickly tell that he didn't have a shirt on. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's at college. I'm like, what are you doing right now? He's like, oh, I'm at the pool. I'm like, oh, what a life. College student at a pool swimming with friends and uh, distant from one another, of course. Um, I'm like, you need to clothe yourself, son. And, uh, and then my youngest son, who, like, loves basketball right now, and he just, like, he's monochromatic. He just wears, like, all red at the same time, and then all blue at the same time. He just clothes himself different. But what Paul's writing is that for, for us as Christians, like, there are certain things that are vitally important to our wardrobe, right? There are certain things that all of us need to put on, tender-hearted mercy, all of us need to put on kindness and humility and gentleness. And all of us, as much as it's, it's, it's a challenge, and we, we've got to work at it again, like patience. All of us need patience. And then he says, make allowance for each other's faults. Now, gosh, if our world needs something in 2020 after the season, the divided season that we've walked through in our country and in our state, if there's anything, we need to make allowance for each other's faults. Come on, church, we need to make some allowance for one another. And he says, not just make allowance, but forgive those who offend you. Oh. Forgive those who offend you. That's not easy, is it? That doesn't come naturally. Like, this is something you have to work at. And it's not something we're trained to do in our world to forgive and to make allowance for each other's faults. And so Paul says, look, to work at this, you need to remind yourself on a constant basis that God forgave you and that he continues to forgive you. His grace is overwhelming and sufficient for you. And so let your forgiveness flow in the same way that God's forgiveness flows. Like, be forgiving. Make allowance for one another. And then, above all, clothe yourselves. There it is again, that picture of clothing yourself with love because love is what bonds us together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. And then he ends with this, and always be thankful. And always be thankful. So four little uh, pieces I wrote down out of this. And so these are, these are mine. And, and maybe you want to take a couple of these. Maybe you pull your own from here. But as I thought about the end of the year for me 
and what God wants to do. He, like God's chosen me to be holy, to be set apart, to be different, to be uncommon, and he's chosen you. He loves you. He's chosen you to be set apart and different, so maybe you need to pull a couple of these and put them on your list. Here's, here's my list. I need to stay humble. Like what, what God wants to do in me and through me requires me to clothe myself with humility every day. Now, when we're in a, in a season of tension and division like we've just walked through, it is so easy to think that our perspective is the only perspective and that all people in their right minds would think the same way that we think and to come out with that kind of stance. But to be humble is to be open maybe to something that you disagree with. Not that you would agree with it, but to be kind. To, and God needs me to stay humble. And when I think about Christmas, that's the entire message of the Christmas story is that God became humble. He became one of us, and he was willing to under, undergo torture and death for us. That's humility. If there's anybody in the world who has had the perfect perspective, it's Jesus. Yeah, some of you are like, I'm in church. I think the answer should be Jesus here. Jesus. If there's anybody who had the right to, to demand his own way and to tell everybody how, how messed up their views and their perspective, it was Jesus. Jesus had the right to do that, but he remained silent and humble. And following Jesus invites us into a, a path of humility, much like him. So maybe for you, like me, it's, it's the humility that, that God wants to develop. The second thing, I need to be kind. Some of you need to be kind too. We need to let God work on our hearts so that our, our, our outward expression is one of kindness to those who are around us. I, like... I didn't just make this up today. Like, I didn't just open the scripture today and point at one and say, like, I've been working, like, this is something I've been working on for a while, and listen to how bad I mess this kind of stuff up. I walked in today, and uh, I walked into this room, and I noticed that this, the pack needed more batteries, and, and so I pulled the old batteries out, and Stephen, our production guy, I'm talking a lot about Stephen today. You're going to love Stephen by the end of the day. He's awesome. He walks out from the back just at the time I was walking up, and I go, hey, I need some new batteries. And he was like, nice to see you too. <laughs> and it was like this reminder of like my first, my first words to a guy who's here to serve, my first words are, I need batteries. Not, good morning, Stephen. How's, how, how's it going? You know, it, like we mess this up all the time, don't we? We demand something. We sit down at the restaurant. Somebody comes over. Hey, can we order? We're in a hurry. Versus, oh, how are you doing? Be kind. Don't nudge the person sit, sitting next to you through all of these. Like these are personal things to work through. Make peace. Make peace. Not only do we let 
the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, but we become peacemakers. Jesus even said, blessed are the peacemakers. We become peacemakers in the world around us. And some of us, the church, we need to be on the front lines of making peace with those all around us. Something that we have to work at and train. And then the last one, the fourth one, give thanks. We need to give thanks to one another. We need to thank one another to take the time to say thank you for all that you do to, to do something that nobody else notices. Our greeters on Sunday morning that are out there, our production team. We've got children, people in our children's ministry who come on Sunday mornings early to try to get kids together to focus and to listen and to allow the spirit. We've got, we've got people all over the place that we can say thank you to. Uh, the projects last week, those 20 projects, a few of our people kind of skipped out on the projects and they went and did other things. They took uh, donuts and cookies and goodies to fire stations and our health workers who are on the front lines. We need to say thank you. We need to say thank you to our teachers. There's some teachers in this room. Like, thank you because you are doing something. You're working twice as hard and getting half the results in this day. And we as a people need to say thank you. And usually, if you're a parent, our first, you know, is you didn't tell my son what was needed to be turned in. And like, this is what I need. And we need, you know what? Thank you for working so hard to try to educate my child right now. I know it's a mess. I know all that. Like, thank you. We need to give thanks to one another. But we also need to give thanks to God. We need to be aware of his blessings and see that God is good. Rest in his goodness and give him thanks as much as possible in this season. So those are my four. Humility, kindness, peace, and giving thanks. What are, what are yours? What is it that God has called you out, holy, to be different, to be uncommon? What is it that you need to train at so that it would become more natural in your life? What does the Spirit want to do in you? Well, we're going to close with a, a fun song. I thought we needed some smiles today because it's Thanksgiving week. And I think I mentioned this song that um, Ben Rector wrote uh, this year uh, called The Thanksgiving Song. And Joe was like, I can sing that song. Do you guys think Joe can sing it? Yeah. It's just one of these fun little songs to end the day on and to give us a smile. And one of the lyrics at the end of the song is... Um, We've made it through, I do believe, the longest year in history. Thank God it's Thanksgiving Day. Isn't that a good line? So we're going to listen to this one last song, and then I want to challenge you. I want to call you to go back to Colossians chapter 3. Read through, and then clothe yourselves with the things that God's calling you to.